Hello, you're listening to KRUI in Iowa City, 89.7 FM on your radio, KRUI.FM, to stream online. My name is Justin Comer. This show is called I Hear, I See. It's a show about local music and local artists and local art and local musicians. Gotta get all four in there. (laughs) All four of the words that I decided are the catchphrase. Uh, Today we have a special guest. She has been on the I Hear, I See concert series, I think, four times. Yes, she has confirmed. And uh, her name is... Laura Fellman. Laura Fellman, poet extraordinaire, first-time visitor to the KRY studios today. Through the maze, yes, you are yes. good there's uh, a, tour guide. There's a narrow hallway that leads in, which makes most of us a little uncomfortable the first time we go through. <laughs> we'll follow the string to find our way out. They do have uh, a lot of signs put up, which are helpful, but I, I tend to not leave people to their own devices when they're coming here for the first time. <laughs> You're a good host. Well, thank you. And you, I'm sure you'll be a good guest. We'll make, we'll make sure to uh, okay. uh, evaluate at the end. Uh, anything you can do to help me be a good guest will be appreciated. <laughs> so, Laura, uh, this is a show about uh, creative people in Iowa City. And uh, do you consider yourself to be one of those people? Yes. Uh, started writing poetry in 2016. So that kind of marks the point where I begin to identif- identify myself as creative in the sense of poetry. Um, before that, I was a pastor. Mm. And so my creativity was more around planning a worship service, uh, writing a sermon, finding prayers and scripture and hymns that went with a theme that I was trying to create. So kind of like putting a performance together. Yeah, you can relate uh, to that. I think it's analogous to organizing a concert, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But I don't do that now. I'm an accountant at the College of Pharmacy. So poetry is my creative outlet now. Can I ask uh, what's caused that change in careers? So many so many things <laughs> went into the decision to make a career shift. Can I really point to any one thing? Uh, well, how long were you a pastor? Ten years. Mm-hmm. And United uh, Methodist. Methodist, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I grew up Methodist as well, so that's why okay. I remembered. <laughs> uh, and where where was your church? In Nebraska. Okay. Uh, different small rural communities, and then I went to work on a a doctorate, so it was kind of a commuter uh, program in Kansas City. Got to the end of the doctorate and didn't feel done with my research, so then I went to New Jersey and worked on a PhD, and so then kind of went the academic route, and it just wasn't a good fit for Nebraska churches anymore, really. And you completed the PhD? Yes. And what is that a PhD in? church history, but mostly focused on uh, Methodist history, Methodist Mm -hmm. doctrine. Mm -hmm. Um, The tie-in to poetry for me now is, for me, Methodist doctrine is really about spirituality, a spiritual path that the founder, John Wesley, kind of charted out for himself and the people he was preaching to. And I, I really see that reflected in my poetry. It's not overt religious 
poetry. Right. But definitely those themes, uh, like grace, mercy, compassion, confession, <laughs> lots and lots of confession, they find their way into my poems. So it, it's not such a disjointed break from one career path to the next. Right. Yeah, yeah. Everything's connected. Sure. Um, so you started writing poetry in 2016. Yes. Uh, right after moving here. Zero poetry writing before that? Uh, let's see. My earliest poetry memory is a poet coming to my first grade class when I was a student at Ruth Pirtle Elementary <laughs> School in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what I wrote, but I remember one of my classmates that I was friends with. He wrote a poem about Pearl Harbor. So it must have been sometime around the anniversary of that event. And I was just so impressed that someone my age knew about Pearl Harbor. You and, said first grade, right? Yeah, first yeah. grade. Um, so that's really my first memory. I mean, certainly Dr. Seuss books right, yeah. growing <laughs> up. Um, and then my next poetry remem- memory is... In the 10th grade, I took a class in British literature. I was mostly into Charles Dickens. We read Great Expectations. Uh, So lots of teenage uh, identity issues in that book that I could relate to. And we also had a section on Shakespeare and John Milton and William Blake, which it was okay. But I can remember being in the locker room and just having this poem idea. I don't remember the poem, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just kind of come out of nowhere. And I was looking for paper. I scribbled it down before I had to be at swim practice. And I shared it with the teacher then. And she read it to the class. And the class was like, who wrote that? And I was like, no, you cannot (laughs) tell. And she didn't. She didn't out me. I appreciate that. And uh, last year I ran into her. I was visiting my family in Lincoln, Nebraska. Hello, family. I think some of them are listening. And uh, saw her at church, so went up and, and thanked her. She didn't remember me. I was kind of hoping that she would be like, oh, I have that poem you wrote, because <laughs> right. I would love to see it now. But yeah, she didn't really remember me. But she seemed to appreciate me coming up and thanking her for her influence. And I just wanted her to know that I, Somehow what she taught now was bearing fruit in my life uh, as a poet. But it was just, uh, we moved to Iowa City in June, and I wrote my first poem in July, and just have kept at it. And was that just sort of a spontaneous creativity that just came upon you? So my muse was my next-door neighbor. If you ever go to Manville Heights, there's a, a corner lot that has a lot of raised vegetable beds and daisies, just uh, echinaceas, lots of flowers and other. It can kind of look weedy, but like Mark is really dedicated. He's out there every day working. And um, my husband and I were walking th- through the neighborhood and just stopped and chatted, introduced ourselves as new neighbors, and he gave me two echinaceas. So I took them home, Dirk, my husband, put them into a a vase for me, and they were sitting on my desk, and I just kept catching myself looking at them and just staring at them and appreciating 
their beauty, their smell, just the gift of a stranger in making that gesture. And I wanted to remember how it made me feel. And writing a poem about it just seemed like the best way to kind of capture that that moment and how it felt. Mm -hmm. And that poem, I found out about Iowa City's Poetry in Public program. And I submitted that, and it got accepted. And one of my coworkers saw it on a bus, an Iowa City bus. Like, that is the highlight of my career. <laughs> That's great. Now yeah. this is the highlight of my career. But oh, having this here? Yeah, being <laughs> interviewed, having a poem on the city bus, I love that. I, I, I and it was the first one that you wrote. Yeah, with, you know, uh, and it had a very definite a Iowa City connection. Mm-hmm. So it felt very appropriate. So yeah, being here, there's so much that can feed an artist. You probably experienced that yourself, being a musician and having the school of music here. But mm-hmm. yeah, Iowa City is a great place to learn and to grow as a creative person. Yeah, I feel the same. Do you happen to have that poem with you? I know that you brought some. But. I didn't pull up that poem, but I bet I can I bet I could find it for you. Yeah, if, if you want, it's just called, because you mentioned it. It's called Echinaceous. And this was written in, I think you said July of 2016? Yes. Okay. Inspired by a gift from your neighbor. There's the poem picture. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. Oh, right. Crossing the threshold. Oh, sorry. Echinaceous. Crossing the threshold. Greeted by a wafting floral bouquet, the scent of well-being from such a garish gift. I would not wear these colors, would not decorate my home in purple and orange-red. Yet I keep them close, feel grateful for them, want to gather this feeling into a ball and toss it to others. A gentle exchange extended, increased. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) And um, I guess what I want to know is sort of about your process. So when you were writing... (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a process, but continue. Well, every time you make something, there's some sort of process, right? Even if you're not consciously designing a process. Uh, But So for that poem specifically, um, did you just sit down and write it all in one go? Was there a lot of revision involved? There was a lot of revision. Uh, Sorry, I think it's been too long for me to remember how that poem came together. I'm working on a poem right now. I can talk about that one. Sure, yeah. Tell me about what you're working on now. Okay, so had an experience on Thursday. um, And that seems to be kind of where my poem starts. Something will strike my attention. yeah, kind of break through the chatter and um, n- will be notable, make an impression of some kind. And uh, I'll jot it down. I carry pieces of paper with me, uh, pencil, so that I, I can just try to capture things immediately while they're fresh before I forget about which is them. A, which actually goes back to the, the poem you wrote in uh, 10th grade. You just like yeah yeah looking in the locker right away. Right. Yeah. exactly so that would be my first piece of advice for anyone who wants to be creative keep 
something handy, maybe your phone, but I'm old. So I use (laughs) pieces of paper and something to write with and jot my ideas down. Um, So something makes an impression. I jot it down. The next step of the process would probably be just free writing and making associations, trying to get at how did that feel or uh, is there a memory that comes up for me as I think about that experience. Um, Yeah, so free writing, free association. And what I'm hoping will happen is that there'll be an interesting turn of phrase. Uh, So in this poem that I'm working on, it's veiled in blue neoprene. That's the phrase that I'm not willing to let go of yet (laughs) until, you know, it's not just not going to work. And And then the next step of the process would be kind of reading through the lines of the poem that I have, reading them out loud, listening for what's not working. And and it it can not work for a lot of different reasons. Do you do that with music too, trying to hear what sounds clunky? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'd say, uh, like, for example, recently I've been uh, sort of producing some recordings that I made with my friends months or years ago, uh, and I'll just listen to the whole thing through and just write down things that I don't like in that listening and then, like, work on changing each of those things. Once I've done all of those, listen to it again, go through the same process, just, like, what didn't I <laughs> appreciate about this? What do I want to adjust? And is it obvious for you right away why you didn't like something? Not always. Yeah, uh, I'm sometimes the same it's, way. Sometimes it's just like uh, I've listened to maybe a minute of this music and it's just not jumping out at me. Like nothing's that interesting yet. Mm, okay. It's just not, you're not engaging with it yet. Right. Yeah. It's just sort of filler mm. at the moment. Oh, nice. So you want to edit out anything that's filler. Maybe. And get sometimes to sometimes you need a little like buffer to the give really the ear interesting a break. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That makes sense. For me, uh, I appreciate open mic opportunities cuz I get to test out things and like I have to be honest then. Well, Sometimes when I'm just reading it to myself, I can still like it. Like, I can try to convince myself, no, this is good. (laughs) But when I do it in front of an audience, then I kind of have to face the facts that, no, this really isn't working. And so then that gives me a place to start to try to figure out why isn't it working. And I've learned different things to look for now. Now, I've been trying to learn about the craft of poetry, which is easy to do in Iowa City because there's lots of um, English professors, like professional writers. Yeah, lots uh, of resources available. Um, I attend the Free Generative Writing Workshop. That's the third Thursday of every month mm-hmm. in Public Space One, 5.30 to 7, next Sunday, if anyone wants to check it out. And it is free. And... Lots of different types of genres. We've had a screenwriter, a playwright, poets, novelists, essayists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning. Uh, I'm sure it's the same. Like you had to learn different music theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and I'm trying to teach myself and learn from others 
poetry theory. So mm-hmm. I can figure out why this sounds clunky and fix it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to play a public service announcement real Very quick. Very good. You warned and, me uh, this after would come that, up. <laughs> yes, after that we will uh, talk more. I think I want to talk more about audiences. If you audiences. Have more thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's our PSA. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. And we are back. You're listening to I Hear I See Radio on KRUI. My name is Justin. I am sitting here with my friend Laura Fellman. She is a poet, and we are discussing the creation of art, (laughs) just in general, just a broad umbrella. Uh, so briefly, you mentioned uh, that you you like going to open mics because um, then you get to bring your work in front of an audience, and even if you were you thought something was working for yourself, you sort of felt that way, but you weren't like super enthusiastic about it. Bringing it in front of an audience was more of a test. Yes, exactly. So. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the first time that you read for us. I think it was... At the mill. Yeah. Was, was that it? early 2017? Yes. January, I think. Okay. Uh, how did you find us? Because I believe you approached me. Yep. Yeah. Iowa City Poetry is a website that keeps track of different kinds of uh, poetry events in the area, in this region. And you were on their calendar. I hear I see... And I think it did have the mill as the event that was coming up in January. And uh, it had how to, I think it had a, I hear I see email address. So yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I had no part in putting that on that website. So I appreciate it. Whoever, (laughs) whoever helped us spread the word. (laughs) Um, So do you, do you do that a lot? Do you try to find events that you can, you can go to, to bring your poetry out? I did. And, uh, I went to quite a number of open mics in Iowa City. The university, the different student clubs, they would have open mics. I remember one was at Prairie Lights. And yeah, they're usually grateful to have someone willing to share their work. Yeah. (laughs) Not shy about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I don't think I ever had anyone turn me down when I asked to be a part of an open mic. Um, But now I've started to organize open mics at the public library Mm. for uh, the free generative writing workshop. They're open to anybody and any kind of style of writing. Um, So that's mostly where I'm doing my readings now. Yeah. So this is an open mic associated with the workshop that you mentioned a minute ago at public space one. Uh, how, how many people usually read at those open mics? Usually seven, but the one we just had last Sunday had 15. Okay. I don't (laughs) know if that's going to continue. Uh, yeah, usually the average is seven. Mm -hmm. We're there for an hour in meeting room A. Uh, so the windows open right up on the sidewalk and I just find it's a, a low-pressure, kind of stress-free place for people who've never been a part of an open mic before. Right. So this is very much for beginners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I envision it. So hopefully give people a, a, a chance to build their confidence with public speaking and sharing their art. 
Yeah. Do do uh, do people come and just listen, or is it mostly reading for each other? Mostly reading for each other. A few people have an entourage that comes with them. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's um. That is different because what I feel like I feel like what we're doing with I Hear I See is also striving to be uh, low stress. Um, like, uh, how, how did you describe your open mic? Uh, pressure free. Pressure free. Yeah, I'm trying to be pressure free, but uh, the fact that we're a li- it's a little bit more public than what you're doing. Yes, which adds pressure. Just you know, I feel like mine's design. kind of the entry level open mic. And then when they've built up their confidence, people will come to you and you will pay them to (laughs) read what they've written Um, in a coffee. Like that's kind of reading your poetry in a coffee house. There's a whole tradition. Mm -hmm. And so for them to become a part of that tradition, like I'm excited for people who make that leap uh, in their writing career. Yeah. And, was our show the first time you did that? Yes, your show was the first open mic that I shared my poetry at. And the mill is an interesting venue for your first poetry reading. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say. it was because it was like music, 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 poet, mm-hmm. music, music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are a very music focused show. but uh... So people really had to shift gears when I came on the stage, but they did like pretty Soon after I started, I felt like they had quieted down and they were listening. I I felt them. It's weird, but yeah, I felt people listening to me. Yeah, our audiences are generally very receptive to whatever shows up. <laughs> yes, you're fortunate. To, yeah, it's great. We've built up a pretty good community, I think. They, they are tolerant of difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was struck at that show, I... You didn't tell me beforehand that this was your first time reading your poetry in public, and I never would have guessed that. Like, you you were very, you seemed like you knew what you were doing. I practiced, and I had 10 years of preaching experience to sure. draw upon. Yeah, I think that that helped. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But thank you. Um, I'm glad uh, it had a positive impression, made a positive impression on you. Yeah, definitely. And you've been back three times since, so... Yes, you haven't. Think, uh, you haven't blocked my emails. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, of course. Um, would you be interested in maybe reading another one of your poems for us now? Yes. So I have envisioned this as a radio quiz show. Oh, okay. I have picked some poems that have a Iowa City location. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if people recognize what I'm referencing. Yeah, I'll see if I can as well. Okay, the wave. Fans in black and gold are waving. They are waving. Black and gold boosters are waving to the children. To the children in starchy gowns pinned with IVs, they are waving a friendly, hello. Players and coaches are cheering. They are cheering. Competing rivals are cheering for the children. For the children wrestling with opponents inside, they are cheering a courageous, fight. Legislators in capitals are chipping. They are chipping. Politicians with budgets are chipping away the children. Away the children whose parents sigh over the mail. They are chipping with a hard denied. 
doctors and administrators are waving. They are waving. Nurses and technicians are waving at the children. At the children with ills bigger than their means, they are waving a final goodbye. So the beginning uh, sounded like you were at a football game. Yes. Maybe. Uh, Are there other specific locations in that? The Children's Hospital. Right. Right right next to the the stadium. Right. Mm -hmm. So they started this tradition at the home games of waving at the patients, the fans, and uh, the refs, the players, the coaches, taking time out to wave at the children who are watching from the hospital. Same time, that new tradition, lovely, heartwarming tradition, was uh, like the rest of America was finding out about what we were doing here in Iowa City and how awesome it was. Same time that was happening, politicians in Congress were talking about cutting funding for children's health insurance. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's, that's why you said chipping. Yeah, that's <laughs> where that the together. poems. Like, that was the impression that that poem came out of. And it took me a long time to try to figure out how to funnel my outrage. Like, at first, outrage and a poem that wasn't where I was going with my outrage. Mm -hmm. To have these two events happening simultaneously that felt so incongruent. Yeah, it's quite a juxtaposition. Yes. And so is that kind of clashing of values. Um that was really upsetting to me. And then I, I did finally found a way to express that. And it, it became a poem, and I wrote it at the Java House. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else I want to say about that? Just that it felt good to be able to communicate that sense of outrage. Uh, so yeah, I would hope that for everyone, that they found a way, find some way to express themselves, express what's important to them. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself putting your political views into music? Uh, rarely. I, I, I feel I have trouble uh, expressing myself through the written word. So most of my music is not, it doesn't have any sort of lyrical basis. But I have, I have written um, a song called, uh, called Pacifism is Objectively Pro-Fascist which is a George Orwell quote, uh, and I wrote that um, shortly after the Trump, igno- Trump inaug- I can't say inauguration, okay. um, <laughs> uh, when uh, Richard Spencer, a well-known white supremacist, got punched uh, in D.C., and I was seeing a lot of people like feeling uh, like that was wrong to, uh, to be violent towards somebody who uh, expresses those views, and I feel differently (laughs) so that that's sort of what that song was about yeah i I tend to not really um express things concretely in music unless i've like i really really want to say something (laughs) Uh, if there's a punch involved sure yeah there has to be a very like uh compelling Uh incident to spark my my writing hand so when you when you compose music where do you think that idea comes from? Yeah, most of my... So the, the instrumental side of, of what yes. I do. Uh, 
it comes mostly from, I guess, experimentation. Mm-hmm. Like I, I spend some time just sort of by intuition creating something and I guess trying to find something interesting within that experimentation and then basing a composition upon that experiment. So kind of f- freely, whatever comes up, you're composing that and then you go back and look at what's grabbing your attention. Yeah, that makes sense. That's not what I always do, but okay. for the past few years, I've been improvising a lot. So that's been sort of the uh, the initiation of my creativity. Are you improvising on stuff you learned in school or stuff you're hearing recently? I have a lot of unformed thoughts about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I what I improvise mostly is like, we call it free improvisation. So like, I'm not trying to um, impose any restrictions on what I'm doing. And this is, have you seen Wombat perform? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the stuff that I do with Carlos and Will, we, we don't really try to impose any sort of structure or, or limit ourselves. Uh, and then we just see what happens. Mm-hmm. So in a case like that, um, I feel like everything I've ever done, everything I've ever heard, has some influence on what's coming out because mm. that's just how life works, I guess. Uh, there's no... Uh, every every action sparks a reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm the reaction, I guess. <laughs> I'm impressed actions. with the three of you, Wombat in particular. Let's use that as an example. The three of you have an ability to listen to your instrument and listen to each other. What? the other two are are doing Mm -hmm. and react to that. Uh, Yeah, it's very impressive. Well, thank you. (laughs) I've never tried to do poetry as a group project. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone try that, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's been done, right? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it's, it's time for me to do the weather real quick. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's always the most exciting part of, of my show. Uh, So it's currently... 4 30 p.m it's cloudy 27 degrees fahrenheit feels like 23 degrees fahrenheit we've got a zero percent chance of precipitation although it looks like there's more coming later today and we had quite a busy morning for snow currently 88 percent humidity four mile per hour wind from the east southeast thus concludes today's weather report thank you for listening <laughs> Um, so you mentioned that the poem that you read a few minutes ago, you wrote that at the Java house. I did. So, um, do you often write your poetry in a coffee house or some other public venue? No, that was unusual. Usually I'm writing on the bus. Mm. Uh, I take the cam bus to work and home, uh, jotting, jotting, jotting. Uh, and that's during the week on weekends I write at home. Mm-hmm. That's a very efficient use of your commute. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to write a poem about my commute because I I notice how distracted we all are. No one's talking to each other. So Mm -hmm. kind of speculating on why that is or early in the morning, what's going on with my bus mates. Uh, Usually the phones come out right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That poem hasn't come together yet. So I have all kinds of starter ideas 
uh, in a moleskin that my in-laws gave me as a Christmas present. I'm fortunate to have family that's very supportive of uh, my new thing. Uh, the moleskin felt too fancy. Mm. Like my poems aren't good enough. <laughs> so it became the place where my starter ideas go. Mm. And then the finished product is on? Yeah, on the cloud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you, you write uh, on your phone? Or? No, I write on like scrap pieces of paper. Oh, mm-hmm. right. And then once I once something starts to come together for me, then I'll switch to my Google account and mm-hmm. s- start working on Google Drive. Google Drive will save the history, like all your revision history. So I like that. Yeah, that is very useful to mm-hmm. have uh, every every change I've ever made. To this yeah, and so colorful. <laughs> if you go back and look at the revision history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is uh, not super related, but um, Carlos and I use a Google document to keep track of our organizing for the I Hear I See concerts. And the other day, we were both in a document at the same oh, yeah. time. I don't know if you've experienced <laughs> I that. I have. But uh, he started typing messages to me. <laughs> because I have it open on my desktop at home like 24-7. And oh, okay. He just popped in there to add something. And then uh, I happened to add something right after him, and he noticed. Okay. So he started typing messages to me (laughs) you guys are good buddies that's lovely yeah um so do you have more poetry that we could hear and guess the locations within yes i do original discourtesy look how the bend banks water to one side he distinguishes knowing i delight in the flood massing undammed in its plain but this morning my pleasure is tempered by husband and wife, coexist stuck on the bumper of blue Subaru Outback. Which word did their preacher drive home today, pacing before at his stained glass lit congregation, silver stitching embossing his blue jean back pockets, dyed hair artfully spiked in imitation of some Christ. The girl on the corner leashing three Labradors, red-black blonde at her feet, tightens her grip, tempting them to sit when the car turns right on them. Justin, what part of town am I referencing in that poem? I'm really not sure. You mentioned water. Uh, We do have a river close by. (laughs) A bend in the river. Right. Um, Where does the river bend? Is it over there or somewhere? You had a I Hear I See concert in the park in May. Mm -hmm. So that part of town. Yeah. Where the row house is. I don't think I know where the row house is. Uh, Across the street from Mayflower Dorm. Okay, okay. There's a bend in the river, big Mm -hmm. bend in the river there. And the water kind of gets pushed and floods into the city park. And then... There's Park Road. There's a bridge there. That was the corner where I almost saw the three dogs hit by a car that was clearly coming home from church. So that was <laughs> the inspiration for that poem. It's like you just heard, I'm sure, you just heard a sermon that had something to do with love of neighbor, maybe, and mm-hmm. it was not being reflected in the <laughs> did driving. You say, did you say Park Road in the poem? No. Okay, I yeah, I may have i thought that i like missed that 
No, and that no. would have been a very obvious location. Yeah, obviously. yeah. I try to not be too obvious in my poems. So what made it obvious that this uh, car was coming from church? The time of day. Okay. Oh, and like I made up some stuff. Oh, all right. So please do not vandalize blue Subarus with coexist. <laughs> uh, that was all about... It just sounded nice. Blue Subaru Outback coexist. That was also trying to get a sense of uh, who, what I'm talking about. Who, it's the right image, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm communicating a lot with a few words. That I like poems that do that. Uh, okay. I can't think of anything else to say about that poem. <laughs> um, yeah. So specifically, you saw a car almost hit three dogs. Yeah. Were the three dogs alone, or were they being walked by a human? They were being walked by a person, Mm -hmm. and they were three Labradors, three different colors of Labradors. That's an interesting sight. You know, that made a strong impression, and then seeing them almost get hit, which I think I just see too much. We walk a lot. That's Mm -hmm. our main form of exercise, and the drivers just don't seem to be aware that they're sharing the road with pedestrians. So I might eventually have a whole collection of poetry about what it's like to walk in Iowa City. Yeah, that would be interesting. The dangers. I think probably most of the city walks a lot. It seems to be a common uh, method of transportation, right? Around here. I would think so. Students walking between buildings. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask, do you have any pets? We do not. We rent and pets are not allowed. Mm. We do have a lot of wildlife <laughs> in the area, uh, raccoon in one of our trees. I was told when we moved in that an owl uh, likes to nest and like raise young in one of the trees in our backyard, which sounds like a perfect poem opportunity, but yeah. it hasn't happened. Yeah. Actually, that reminds me, when I was in college, um, I lived with my parents through college in Cedar Rapids, uh, and one night... As I was falling asleep, there was an owl. It was either in our yard or nearby, uh, and it was just hooting over and over and over again. <laughs> and I was working on a piano piece for uh, the composition seminar, and so that the rhythmic motive of the owl, it was hooting sort of like, <laughs> so that, that sort of rhythm that it was doing over and over again became a part of what I was working on. So yeah, owls, owls can be very... Uh, motivating yes (laughs) coming from nebraska which i know you have a nebraska connection Mm -hmm. we have the sandhill crane migration which i have never seen but i also feel like that will be a a great poetic opportunity i just know it it will make an impression and some kind of poem will come out of that Mm -hmm. the eagles like that that and the pelicans that we had you've seen pelicans here yes oh i have not that, that has inspired two poems so far because of the flooding. I think that's what brought them up mm-hmm. into the city park. Yeah, I've seen lots of eagles, bald eagles around here. Like It's so fantastic. I okay, didn't expect so to see them so much. I, now I need to read my eagle poem. Is that okay? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Commuting with nature. Craning to see by other bus riders. Recatching a glimpse of gleaming off-white. Suggestion of muscles under feathers. Hunter alone, sky to itself. No purpose obvious in flight. Pattern of subtlety and slight shifts. 
Minuscule dip is sufficient to send wings banking above. Volunteers crowd up to each edge, trunks tied to be chopped. Once convocations spun jubilantly, Aries homed in river trees, kettles moved fluid down the Iowa. Now, instead, my gateway view is of a solitary eagle tilting against extinct ribs of towering arched concrete. Name that location. Uh, it's near a bridge, I assume. Arched, arched concrete. No? I don't know. Do Not have, enough. It's the know. new park bridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Over on... The uh, gateway. And I just feel like you have eagles. <laughs> that is your wow entryway to your city. Do everything you can to encourage wildlife to roost on your bridge. Don't shine lights on it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, that, uh, that's the same bridge where, uh, the students were walking across the top of it, right? Yeah. It yeah. looks like a perfect little <laughs> walkway ramp. Yeah. They, they're discouraging that activity as well. Yeah. They fenced <laughs> it off and they put up big signs, no walking on the arch, <laughs> just in case the fence wasn't obvious enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, you walk a lot. Was that something you were considering walking along the arch? No. Okay. I'm old and cautious. Sure. So, yeah, no arch walking for me. Okay, I think the caution is wise. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, we're getting near the end of the show, so we should we should hear more of your poetry since you you brought it, and that's uh, that's what you're here for. So we should hear as much of it as we can. All right. Thanks, Justin. Defrosted. His reflection ghosted towards hers across glass. Some part of her anticipated impact. A stocky profile entered slighter features, absent sensation settling into hers. Beyond the lobby of caved-in commuters, cement dried out in pitbull brindle patterns. Above, the full moon hovered in cloudless blue. Below, blackened snow melted a muddy root. Beneath the bridge she crossed, the ice freed its hold, transforming from hard shoves to glistening poles. Distant trees bore the blast marks of winter winds, while an orange-red shimmer bathed their highest tips. Along the hillside, where she chose to unload, a retaining wall shone with a pinkish glow. These signs of weighty, finding a lighter side, a better self-absorbed, and unfroze her bite, resolved never to pay back like for unkind. That's also my commute. Mm -hmm. Mayflower dorm, you can stand inside to keep warm, just in a little vestibule area, and they have this reflective material. So you can, on one window pane, you can see out across the river, and on the other one, you see your reflection. It's very kind of disorienting. And one morning, uh, the security guard was walking through the lobby and 
So I saw his reflection, and then his reflection was superimposed over my <laughs> reflection, and then it, and it reminded me of the movie Ghost. Mm. So I was trying to figure out how do I work Wookiee, Goldberg, <laughs> Patrick Swayze, and that poem idea never came together. But uh, a lot of other imagery, like the the trees in the park in the first morning light. Uh, the ice breaking up along the river, uh, even the pattern in the cement as it dried out. This, so this was a springtime poem, and mm-hmm. a lot of different imagery from many different days came together uh, to form that poem. Nice. All right. Mondi is a poem that's going to be published in St. Catherine Review, so I want to give them a little uh airtime because that's amazing when you get published by someone (laughs) so i think that's going to come out in march mondi the cross-eyed infant adds its wails and distress to the liturgy which needs more gethsemane more betrayal by rooster crow during the agape meal worshipers stop by on their way to the merlot or nice cabernet acknowledging the parents shouldering their babe. While the priest strips the altar, the mother is on her knees. I know what I'd be praying, for a miracle cure, a life that exceeds the obvious, higher functions despite the damage, the same plea Christ prays for his children. And that was a worship service I attended locally, not at my church, but at a different church in town. And, and pretty much like that experience of that worship service, that's what went into that poem. Uh, a Monday, Thursday service is during the Easter holiday, kind of leading up to it. Uh, so remembering the Last Supper and um, Jesus's arrest, that, that kind of time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so this next poem is a new one I've worked on. Sorry, before you do that. Let me play a grand spot real quick. Oh, yeah. And then I'll let you intro this one. Okay, one second. Support for KRUI is provided by Little Village. Little Village is Iowa City's independent, community-supported news and culture publication. Little Village's event calendar connects readers with critical cultural opportunities. Through journalism, essays, and events, Little Village works to improve our community according to core values, affordability and access, economic and labor justice, environmental sustainability, racial justice, gender equity, quality health care, quality education, and critical culture. Little Village can be found in print editions at local businesses in Iowa City as well as online at littlevillagemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to I Hear I See Radio on KREY. I'm Justin. I'm here with Laura, and she's going to read another poem for us. Lifted. Suspended in bright freeze, knocking ski against ski, muffled by rocky pines, at altitude of hush, I think cathedral thoughts. A short one. That is a short one. (laughs) I was trying to capture this snow that we've been having and the cold, it's been bringing back memories of being in Colorado as a child. Mm. Uh, and specifically a memory of being in the ski lift and just the, the quiet, the stillness of being up there. Uh, uh, and just somehow the peacefulness of that, associating that with being in church. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see the connection. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> 
Uh, so we are reaching the end of my allotted hour. Okay. So I need to plug a bunch of stuff. But before I do, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Well, I hear, uh, I hear, I see the free generative <laughs> writing workshop uh, coming up next Sunday. And I'm organizing another open mic at the public library on St. Patrick's Day. So Sunday, March 17th, uh, four to five. Great. And uh, tell me again the name of the publication that is publishing your poem. St. Catherine Review. Okay, thank you. So look out for that as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I have a list here. Um, We have a show coming up this month on February 22nd at the Java House beginning at 8 p.m. And I hear I see a concert featuring performances by Alexandro Cazares and Sean Miller. They're calling their duo SMAC, that's S-M-A-C, Dodge Street Duo, Poet uh, Jennifer McBain Stevens, you know her, right? I know Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tyler Katz on the clarinet. It's going to be a good time. Uh, next week's radio show, the 17th at 4 p.m., will be a preview of sorts of that show. So listen up for clips from those artists. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, if you're listening live, you can still catch the Iowa City DSA fundraiser at Public Space One. It starts in about 10 minutes, and I think they're going till 9. There will be performances by Midwest Waves, Dryad, and Good Morning Midnight. And on the 15th, you can catch a show at Yacht Club featuring PHDJ Purchase and Tailgating for a Funeral. Begins at 8 p.m. Uh, same day, if you happen to be up in Cedar Rapids and not here, you can catch Soul Sherpa's Valentine's Day Dance at Tailgaters. That's at 9 p.m. Uh, and... On the 23rd, so the day after our show, you can catch Anthony Warden and the Illiterati, Panther Ray, Cult of Lip, and Stay Asleep at Gabe's at 7 p.m. Again, that's the 23rd. Um, if you like what you heard today, we have a website for all of the stuff we do. It's IHearIC.com. That page has a link to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Patreon pages. Uh, and if you like the radio show specifically, you can listen to every episode of it on iTunes, Google Play, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you're listening to this and you have work that you would like us to be aware of, you have events coming up that you want us to know about, you want to play one of our shows perhaps, or you just want to get in touch for any old reason, the best way to reach us is by email. It's IHearIC at gmail.com. And they respond quickly. I try to. (laughs) In my experience. Yeah. Um, So I'm thinking if you have one more poem you could read, that would be great. And then I'm going to play some music to close us out. Office mantra. When the inbox is inundated, go slow, slow, slow. When the vendors are vague, go slow, slow, slow. When customers are clamoring and pushing for speed and departments are demanding and rushing their needs, all shall be finished and all shall get done to all workers everywhere, slow. Slow, slow. When calls are continuous, slow, slow, slow. When requests are relentless, slow, slow, slow. When delivery's delayed and the POs are stuck and the supplier is sorry but the price has gone up, all shall be finished and all shall get done to all workers everywhere. Slow, slow, slow. That's a great one to end on. 
Thank you. <laughs> so uh, that was Laura Fellman. Uh, do you want to plug your uh, blog so people can read some of your writing? Would that be appropriate? Uh, I don't really put... Yeah, I don't. Okay. Because <laughs> most publications, they want to be the first time anyone sees it. That makes so, sense. Yeah. I shouldn't have brought it up. Okay. <laughs> no problem. I'm going to play some music now. Excellent. And then we'll we'll get out of here. So this is uh this is some new stuff. This is by a band called the Shoe Wearers. Uh, nice. This music is written by Connor Spencer. Uh, you can catch this EP on their Bandcamp page. They have shoes.bandcamp.com. They nice. managed to snag that URL, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the final track from the EP. It's called Finishing. And I also want to give a quick shout out to a friend of the show, Divine Huff, for getting Connor in touch with me. You can listen to Divine's show on KRUI every Thursday at 5. It's called A Moment with Divine. You will not be disappointed. All right. Here's Finishing by the Shoe Wearers. Thanks for listening today. Laura, thank you for being my guest. It was a great time. It was fantastic. Great. I'm glad that you enjoyed it as well. All right. Have a good day and week, everyone. Thank you for joining us today.